He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name's charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and today we're starting a new series for this week on the five strengths and the first power the power of faith this is a topic that you will hear me refer to a lot, and I realized I had not done an introductory series on the podcast for it yet, so here we go. Let's do that. But before we get started, if you haven't already, please like, rate, and review this podcast wherever you are listening. It really does help me out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the more chance we have to practice these ideas in community and spirituality is always better when practiced in community Alrighty, let's get started so the five powers the five faculties the five strengths you'll hear me and others refer to them as all of those things because they are okay so the five the, these five elements let's just say it like that for the moment, are five faculties that we have within us that help us to achieve greater levels of mindfulness and enlightenment. They are also the five powers we use to erode the negative energies and influences on us. So what you're going to come to see through this is that these are powers, these are faculties that you have used your entire life that you may not have consciously realized that you were using, but they can also be used as powers where we can intentionally use these faculties to build on one another, to move us towards the places that we want and need to be. So what are the five faculties. They are faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. Okay. Now what's important to understand with all of this, and we'll talk about this as we go on. Faith builds effort. Effort builds mindfulness. Mindfulness builds concentration. Concentration builds wisdom. Wisdom builds faith. It is a perpetual motion machine that once you get up and going will push you forward and continue to bring good energies into your life. Okay. And it can be used against you if you're not careful. Faith controls doubt. Effort controls laziness. Mindfulness controls heedlessness. Concentration controls distraction, and wisdom controls ignorance. Now, 
it's important to keep these things in balance. Faith is balanced by wisdom, and wisdom is balanced by faith. Effort is balanced by concentration, and concentration is balanced by effort. And mindfulness is the basic thing that holds it all together. This may sound like a lot. It's really easy. It's really simple. Let's just dive in and help you get there. So the first one that we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to discuss each of these powers one a day as we go through this week. Faith is a power because it controls doubt. Now, people get that all kinds of inside out. Well, you have faith because you don't actually understand or know, and it's a way to cover up ignorance. No, wisdom is actually how we deal with ignorance. Faith helps us deal with doubt. So a very simple example that I use over and over again is when someone like me tells you, hey, it's a good idea to meditate. Hmm. I don't know. I've never meditated before. Well, let's work this out. By faith, you test that idea. You go, okay, well, meditation is supposed to balance my mind, clear my thoughts, bring about a sense of peace in my life, and connect me with my spirituality, with God, and with everyone else. So, I'm going to take on faith that that will work. I'm now going to put in the effort to try it. Through mindfulness, I'm going to pay attention to what actually happens as I'm meditating. What is it actually doing for me? Is it helping with my fear? Is it helping with my anxiety? Is it helping with my stress? Is it making me feel more connected? Are these things happening? Concentration focuses us and keeps us on the task at hand. And then we gain wisdom. We learn at least most of us learn, that meditation works for us. Now, not every form of meditation works for everybody, but in general, there is a form of meditation out there that everyone, each and every one of us, can practice that will bring about these effects. And now that we have seen that it works, that increases our faith. And that faith, dot, 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 continues the cycle. This is how faith is supposed to be done. The Apostle Paul tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. This is how we do that. We do not merely accept what any teacher tells us. We test it. We try it. And that is the heart of faith. Faith is not the blind acceptance that what somebody tells us is true, faith is the earned acceptance that that thing is true. And this often gets twisted, especially in the Christian church. I can't tell you how my skin crawls when I see a very popular minister start his services by holding up a book 
and saying, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. I believe what it tells me. Mm, no, that's not how that works. And it's important, no matter what you think about the Bible or any sacred text, that you don't just take the words at face value. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody quote me one of the three fools from the book of Job as if it were gospel truth, because, well, it's in the Bible, so it must be true. Well, the problem is the three fools are there to show us the foolish arguments. They're the ones that are there to show us that not everybody understands what's going on while we're suffering and that they can be wrong. They're not there to be quoted because they're speaking truth or wisdom. They're examples of bad arguments. But because it's, unless you're reading the entire book in context, it's difficult to see when Job's talking, when God's talking, when one of the fools is talking. So people often quote from one of the three fools, even though that's not what they're there for. See, the text needs to be challenged. Everything that comes to us by faith needs to be challenged. Remember, Jesus Christ told us that he was going to send us the Holy Spirit because there were many things he needed to tell us that we could not bear to hear. But that the Holy Spirit, our teacher, would lead us to all truth. And that is our job. That is our purpose in this spiritual journey, to discern truth from error, to discern truth from lies, to discern truth from well-meaning but inaccurate statements. And that's where a lot of people get really thrown off with faith. We're not here to merely accept what any teacher tells us. We're not here to accept what any book tells us or what any figure of your has had to say. Just because somebody is referred to as a saint, just because somebody is referred to as a prophet, just because somebody is referred to as an embodiment of God, does not mean that every word that they say has to be taken at face value, or that the person explaining to you what that person is saying actually understands what that person meant. And that's why we have to study that's why we have to try. That's why we have to test it all for ourselves. Now, testing isn't as isn't often as easy as trying it out. The meditation example is one that I use because it's a very simple process to understand. But, okay, so Jesus said that we should love God with our hearts, minds, and spirit and love our neighbor as ourselves. How do I have faith in that? How do I test that? How do I try that? Honestly, you have to try it. See, the problem with a statement like that is that it doesn't come with an obvious result. 
how do I know if those statements are true statements? How do I know if those are statements that I should have faith in? Well, the teachings of Jesus were all centered around the ideas of compassion and justice and mercy. So, in learning to love God with our heart's mind, with our whole heart, mind, and spirit, and learning to love our neighbor as ourselves, Jesus says that these are related. One is like the other. I give to you two commandments, and the second is like the first. So, if in loving God with our hearts, minds, and spirits, we develop a greater love for our fellow neighbor, then this must be a true statement. But if developing our faith in God, our devotion to God, in loving God with our entire hearts, minds, and spirit, we start acting out, we start treating our neighbor as evil, as other, as different, then we realize that we're not actually practicing this properly or that it's entirely wrong. Either of those options are there. But this is why we have the entire teachings of Jesus. Jesus tells us, blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, so in loving God with my entire heart, mind, and spirit, I need to be a peacemaker, so I shouldn't be trying to force my opinions on others. Oh, I should be trying to bring peace to every cir circumstance I find myself in. Okay, let me try that. Blessed are the humble. Oh, okay, so I need to be humble. If I'm walking around with my head held high going, I believe in God and I love God more than anything, and you don't love God, therefore you are a terrible person. Well, that's not humble. So that must be a sign that I'm doing it wrong. And so on and so forth. All of the teachings of Jesus build together here. Judge not, lest ye be judged. Okay, so if in my love of God I find myself judging other people, I must not be doing it right. Because Jesus told me not to judge. Repeatedly. Over and over again. That anytime we feel that we have something against someone else, we're supposed to stop and look at ourselves first. And that is the way of doing things. This is how we test our faith. This is how we look into even some of these more arcane elements of the faith to see if they are true. So how do I know if it's true that I should love God with my heart, mind, and spirit, with all of my heart, mind, and spirit? Because that commandment is like the second, that I should love my neighbor as myself. And as I develop my devotion to God, I find myself caring more and more and more about the welfare and well-being of others. That basic, compassionate heart that Jesus requires of his followers. That we would be willing to lay down our lives for our friends. That we would be willing to stand up for justice. That we will be a peacemaker in this world, that we will not judge. We see those qualities developing within us, and our faith grows. This is true of any of the exotic claims of belief. When asked, which I am a bit more than I feel comfortable with, if I believe that Jesus was in fact raised from the dead, 
I, I have to answer yes, because in my experience, I have met the risen Christ. The power that animates me, the power that allows me to change and develop and grow, the wisdom that comes into me comes from the risen Lord. This is the power of God moving through me, and I cannot help but believe that he had to have raised from the dead because I have experienced his life and his power now in my own life. I discuss this a lot in the discussion we had on the Apostles' Creed back some episodes ago, and also in the introduction to Jesus that I did. See, the actual historical question is not where people should be getting hung up, but where people often get hung up. The actual question of faith is, have you had an experience of the risen Christ? And you will never know if you have until you try. We are here to taste and see that the Lord is good, but you can't see if the Lord is good if you don't taste. And so I don't fault people who don't believe as I do, because you have to be willing to take that first step. And faith is that first step, but it isn't a blind step. It isn't a blind faith. I feel great pity for people who have a blind faith because they've never tested it. They've never looked to see. It's in these trials, it's in this testing that we learn what we actually truly believe, what we should believe. Does it work? Does it actually change us? Does it make us better people? Does it conform us to the image of Jesus? Those are the questions that we have to ask, and those are the things that prove to us whether or not our faith is real. And it's not always easy. It's hard to try to be a peacemaker. Trust me, there's nothing that I would enjoy more in doing this show than to be sitting here and ranting and raving about the teachings of various evangelical leaders who are saying very terrible and mean-spirited things in the name of God. But that doesn't bring peace. So instead of attacking someone else, which is not an act of a peacemaker, I decide to take my energies and focus them on teaching what Jesus actually taught, teaching what spirituality is actually about. And in so doing, I am refuting the various lies and misconceptions that are promulgated by many other teachers. But I don't have to go after them directly. Because God is love. John tells us over and over and over again in his letters, God is love, and whoever does not know love does not know God. And so that must be the heart of our faith. That compassion that Paul and Jesus and John talk about so often has to be the very root of what we do and what we practice. Paul tells us that we are no longer under the law of the flesh, but under the law of the spirit. The law of the spirit is very simple. Love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
These are the things that we test out in faith. These are the things that grow our faith and develop our faith and spread our faith. Because when people see you living that way, they will often ask questions about how and why. It's not by trying to force our beliefs on others. Faith is a journey. Faith is a power. It is a faculty that we have within us that we can utilize for our own growth and development. It is not something we can force on others. So that's the first of the five strengths, the first of the five powers, faith. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this episode in whatever app you're listening to me on or the podcast in general. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. If you've got a buck you can throw my way, that would be greatly appreciated. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the community support page. It really would mean a lot to me and help me continue to do this. If you don't have the money or don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. That's not why I do it. I really want to get these ideas out there and I want to spread the good news that I have received. So don't worry about it. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out a lot. Because I really do mean it when I say that faith and spirituality are better practiced in community. If you want to get in touch with me, the best place to do is probably Twitter. I'm Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. You can also find me as Seraphic Church on Instagram. I'm trying to figure out how to use both of those to the best of my ability. You can also find links to everything that I do over at wisdomscry.com. Again, thank you for listening and may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom and love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.